Welcome back to Radio Entrepreneurs. I'm Jonathan Friedman. Our next guest up needs no introduction. Tom McNulty, Lando and Anastasi. Great to see you again. Oh, likewise. Thanks for having me again. So always top, timely and topical, Tom. Uh, you wanted to talk <laughs> about uh, the president's executive order uh, last month. And I think uh, in the midst of everything else going on, probably uh, not too many people digested it uh, all that much. So why don't you let us know what some of the important provisions in there are? Okay. Um, well, on July 9th, uh, uh, President Biden signed an executive order dealing with competition in the American economy. Uh, it covered a host of different things. Uh, a lot of it was industry specific, uh, pharmaceuticals, farming industry were both touched on considerably. Uh, but the one I'd like to talk about is uh, one of the initiatives is an encouragement for the FTC to place limits on uh, non-competition clauses, um, which, you know, if you're, if you're a an entrepreneurial business that's trying to protect your confidential information, your trade secrets, things like that may be of concern. Which is quite commonplace in, in most technology companies and, uh, and many other industries have tried to implement it as well. And I know uh, we don't have to get too deeply into it, but I know Massachusetts uh, has its own uh, 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 guidance with, with regards to non-compete agreements. So it's a complicated area. It, it is a complicated area. Um, as it stands right now, um, all but three states allow some form of non-competition agreement. The three states that don't are um, California, North Dakota, and Oklahoma. So it's not uh, it's not sort of you know a left or a right coalition that seems to be moving in that direction. It's a pretty diverse set of states. Um, uh, of the twenty of the remaining forty-seven states, uh, twenty-four have some sort of statutory uh, restrictions on non-competes non uh, with employees. And a number of those that don't have statutory uh, restrictions uh, have, have bills that are you know, under consideration right now. So it's a little bit unclear whether the FTC should really be doing anything or whether now is the time, um, since it seems like uh, there's, there's a growing trend towards at least putting limitations on what you can do with non-compete agreements. Um, so, so what was the thinking uh, behind the executive order? I mean, not that any of us can get into their heads, but is it is it sort of trying <laughs> to level the playing field uh, with industry and, and employees? Is that is that the intent? I think that's the intent. Um, there's there's some discussion in the, the background um, paperwork that the White House released along with this that says that um, their, their survey evidence and their, their sort of investigation into this uh, says that uh, roughly half of all private sector businesses uh, required non-compete agreements for at least some of their employees, and that 32% of business, private businesses require all employees to sign one, which is, that, that frankly, would be wow. a bigger number than I would have guessed. Uh, and they, they, I don't know, they did some sort of, some sort of calculation, determined that that meant that somewhere between 28 and 47% of all private sector employees are subject to a non-compete. Hmm. So really far, far reaching and, and uh, you know, in, in all likelihood, you, if, if you're not bound by one, you know, somebody that probably is. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, they, they did a similar kind of survey back in 2014 that came up with uh, an 18% coverage number. So at, at least their analysis suggests mm -hmm. that the, uh, the numbers are growing. I'm not sure that uh, uh, everyone in the country would agree with that, um, but that's the, uh, that's the White House's position. Um, I have seen some analyses that say that um, there hasn't really been a, a change of any significant amount in the at least the enforcement efforts of non-competes appearing in court, whatever that you know may actually tell you. Um, 
sometimes the, sometimes the paper alone is worth more than the uh, ability to enforce it. You know, the threat the threat of having the paper where I guess signed. Um, One of the interesting things about that actually is, um, even though non competes are banned in California, um, according to this, uh, you know, the White House's analysis, somewhere in the neighborhood of forty percent of all California private sector employees are actually have signed and are covered by one, even though wow. it's enforceable in court. Um, now, 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 is that a retroactive issue, or how long has it been that they've been non-enforceable in California? Has that been a, a, a considerable period of time? It has been. Uh, I mean, it certainly is possible that some of these people are. And and I, I'll be honest, I don't know if California grandfathered them in, or if you had signed one after the law passed, if it went away. I kind of think it's the latter. Um, uh, California takes takes employer mobility very seriously. It's interesting considering, you know, from a tech sector perspective, you know, obviously left coast uh, and, the, and, and, and the East Coast have, you know, strong hotbeds and you would think that that would uh, uh, open up the talent uh, pool on the West Coast more by people not feeling as though they're going to be bound by these things. Yeah, and there's been some suggestion that that's kind of one of the reasons that, uh, you know, a significant portion of the tech industry left the 128 loop and ended up in California uh, back in the mm -hmm. day. Um, again, whether whether that's true or not is a difficult thing to prove, but uh, that has certainly that link has been noted. Absolutely. So, what does the executive order, um, uh, you know, specifically tell us that uh, that that it's guiding in terms of uh, non competes and and uh, what does it bring for uh, employers and employees alike to think about? Well, this is one of the problems with the executive order: is the full language with respect to non competes is that they are encouraging the FTC to consider. Uh, using its rulemaking authority to, quote, curtail the unfair use of non-compete clauses and other clauses or agreements that may unfairly limit worker mobility. That's it. There's no further guidance. Wow. Uh, okay. you know, so it's sort of hard to say. I know in the, like I say, in some of the papers that accompanied this, one of the concerns was mandatory arbitration clauses. So I suspect at a minimum, um, that would be something that the FTC would look at. But whether it's, um, you know, whether the FTC chooses to, you know, A, do anything and B, you know, curtail them completely or place limits on them is, is still up in the air. Um, you know, non-competes have a lot of legitimate reasons for existing, protecting your trade secrets and your confidential information and your, your business's goodwill and things like that. So I would certainly hope that this wouldn't lead to an outright ban on non-competes. Is this one of these situations? And again, it seems as though, um, you know, obviously in, in, in your business, this is front and center, but to, to the average American, it probably didn't hit their radar uh, as one of the provisions in this executive order. Um, but I'm wondering, if we, will you or have you started to see an uptick in, in terms of, you know, some of your clients saying, yeah, I've got this guy who's now hemming and hawing and signing a non-compete because he heard there's an executive order that he doesn't have to. So, I, I mean, I think that's the fear of how it plays out, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit under the radar right now. It is the middle of summer. Um, I don't know how much attention people are paying to uh, to these kind of political events. And like I say, it's just a request that the FTC take a look at the issue. So it's not a definitive, um, you know, it's not definitive that a change is actually going to happen. Um, but I do think it's important for people to start looking at um, perhaps other ways of dealing with uh, protection of their information and protection of their goodwill. Than, than you know solely through non-compete agreements. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you know you can use things like non-disclosure agreements, uh, non-solicitation uh, agreements to prevent uh, 
your ex-employees from contacting your customers. So they could go into a competing business. They just couldn't directly interact with uh, people that they had interact interacted with, excuse me, when they were with, uh, with you. Um, I think it's and probably- I think that, that restriction makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think what we're trying to do is protect people from stealing or using my information that's proprietary, uh, you know, just to, I think the, the other side of the coin is sort of, well, how can you preclude somebody from making a living in what they know how to do? And I think that's the, obviously the reason why we're trying to make non-competes less restrictive, um, oh, yeah. but by the yeah. same token, still protecting proprietary information and customer yeah. data. And, Pretty you know, there's gotta be some balance struck. I mean. Like I say, there are these other types of agreements that you can uh, you can strike with employees. Um, I will say that the order does suggest that they look at non-compete clauses and other clauses or agreements that uh, may unfairly limit worker mobility. So it's not a given that these kinds of things aren't going to be looked at as well. So with respect to these other types of agreements, um, if you look at what the states have done with uh, non-competes, I think one of the important things would be to make sure that um, employees are notified in advance, get a chance to look at the agreements in advance to signing on, um, consult with an attorney, um, you know, try to, try to make the, the existence of, and, and to the extent that it's negotiable, the negotiation of these agreements um, as open and fair and transparent as possible, um, because that's one of the areas that, that the non-competes were really being looked at with uh, great scrutiny was, um, you know, having, having an, an employer show up on the first day of work and dropping it on his lap. And uh, you know, what's he gonna do then? <laughs> you're, you're here, you've already left your uh, other position and uh, I'd like to sign before, uh, before lunch please today. Yeah. Type of thing. And then another good step I think is to notify, you know, to the extent you can find out this information. If you've got an employee that's leaving and going to a new place, uh, notify the new place of the existence of these agreements. Um, and that's sort of twofold. One, I think, you know, the, the majority of, I'd like to think anyways, the majority of businesses are interested in competing fairly and aren't looking to steal your information. And, and that will put them kind of on notice to, to you know, really kind of tiptoe around the subject and, and, and make sure they don't do it. Uh, and to the extent that it's somebody unscrupulous, it gives you a potential claim of uh, tortious interference with contractual relations against the business themselves. So it puts them on the line and not just the ex-employee. Excellent. Well, great guidance, great advice. Always timely and topical, as I mentioned. Now, Tom, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Uh, you can always find me at T-M-C-N-U-L-T-Y, T-McNulty at LALaw.com. Excellent. Tom McNulty, partner of Lando Anastasi. Always a pleasure to have you, Radio Entrepreneurs. Um, and we'll I always enjoy right... being here. Excellent. And we'll be right back with another segment on Radio Entrepreneurs.